Welcome back to a brand new episode of We Talk Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside my partner in crime, as always, Sasha Tarasenko. Thank you so much, uh, Caleb uh, Patricio. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm a good even, Italian name for yeah, you. I'm not even remotely Italian or Portuguese, probably. <laughs> I mean, go about far enough. Who knows? <laughs> I, should have, I should have done El Sino. I, I, anyway, I, I take it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you're going camping this weekend, huh? You're you're, yes. you're you're moving yourself from the cities between your two favorite teams when your two two favorite teams are playing. How's that gonna? <laughs> uh, I, I think I decided. <laughs> uh, we this the date had already been picked before I checked the Minnesota United schedule, but I'll just okay. go ahead and say that like, uh, uh, with you know, as if I planned it, uh, I rem- I'm removing myself <laughs> from the equation between the. Sounders and Minnesota game. Oh. Yeah, you, you knew no, showing up in full Sounders gear would look bad for the pod. Exactly. And that showing up in full Minnesota gear would just feel wrong. Your beloved Sounders. I, I need like a fifty-fifty jersey that just has like Alonzo's name <laughs> on the back. You, no, you so. can't. Oh, I mean, if it was Alonzo, it might work. But yeah. usually, the fifty-fifty jerseys are just like, why? Who who made this? You yes. ruined two jerseys. Exactly. It, it worked with scarves, but no yeah. jerseys. No. It's my, my first time uh, back in the stadium since 2019, and I can't wait to watch us just get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, so much fun to lose 3 nothing. Yeah, in front of 20,000 people plus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have no hopes for this game. We'll talk about that later with some pod questions from our patrons. But first, um, join our Patreon at Slack channel for $3 a month. Um, we started asking you guys questions because... But to know what you guys are thinking. And one of the questions we asked you this week was, what is your favorite cover song? I asked the uh, guest host guest host Shane this a couple weeks ago, but I never got Sasha's answer. So I said, what do, what do the patrons think too? So Sasha, what is your uh, favorite cover song? Uh, it is Stand By Me by Florence and the Machine. It's at Solid the choice. end of Final Fantasy yeah, fifteen, and it is a tearjerker in that game. <laughs> nice. Um, I go through... Pages. I think I said on the podcast with Shane that my favorite was In Bloom by Sturgill Simpson, and it's up there for sure. But lately I've been obsessed with uh, Orville Peck's cover of Born This Way. He's a very interesting character. No one really knows what his real name is or what he looks like. He wears like a cowboy hat, a mask with fringe covering his mouth. He's uh, And he's uh, gay. And people think he's like this punk rock drummer from Canada by way of South Africa, but no one's really sure. And he's like a really good country artist, like on the outlaw country style. Okay. I've always wondered like when artists uh, hide their identity and I actually keep it like a, a, a secret from the industry, mm-hmm. how many personas you could have. Like what if this guy is also Marshmallow? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like complete, like if you could like go for a completely different genre and just swing it. I, I mean, don't know. if it came out, he was also Marshmallow <laughs> and also this punch drummer and Orville Peck, like musical genius. You'd cover yes. three, three different genres and do well in all three. Come on. Yeah. Oh, but you'd be like on tour twenty four seven. You'd be like going through like a, a tour for EDM music, <laughs> then for like outlaw country music, then yeah. for punk rock. You you uh, never sleep. You'd be always be producing <laughs> or writing or recording or touring. Yeah. 
Well, um, but no, sh- yeah, no shortage of people to collaborate with, though. That's true. So, you yeah. could cross genres. Be like, hey, you should work with Marshmallow. He's really, I hear he's really good. And then I like, just like, oh, I think I hear him now. And then walk away and then like, come back <laughs> wearing a cut, like the still wearing like a bolo tie, but also like a marshmallow hat. Like, oh no, yeah. I forgot to change my entire outfit. I mean, you didn't hear that. And... <laughs> Let's get into our uh, patrons' answers. Uh, Chris, RB, uh, and I did phrases which is her cover song. No one gave us just one, so which is great. I did more songs to listen to now. Uh, Chris says, "I want you back" by Tony Sitar. Uh, "Hello" by Lucky Chops, and "Show Me How to Live" by Brass Against. But that, that that last one sounds interesting. The Audio Slave song by the I'm guessing Brass Rise Against cover band. <laughs> with just like a tuba just going to town yeah that would be so I, I feel like sometimes that works though uh, when you get like those conventional uh, not orca, orchestra like instruments yeah. or brass instruments for sure yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe says picking a favorite cover is hard Scott Bradley has a million here's one and it's the DuckTales theme song which I'm always into um Alexander Misko, Misko has a uh, guitar-only cover of Careless Whisper, Careless Whisper by George Michael. And then Chris came back in later with, oh God, this last name. Damn you, Chris. <laughs> Luca. Just say it like it's a football player. Yeah. Luca. Tagnoli. <laughs> yeah. I speak Ooh, I, Italian. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure also bagged a hat trick during this tournament. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a guitarist. He's a left back. He's marshmallow. <laughs> yep, and it's—I don't think it's a cover, but he just posted a video um, of the showman by Lucas Street Street Gennoli. And Then Joe comes back in with a mashup. Don't stop the mashup in the edition featuring Sam Soy, Shantar Tucker, and Vidya. So it's a Latino twist on a Michael Jackson song, I guess. No. Indian flair with Michael Jackson. I should really listen to these songs before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Then uh, Eric comes in with favorite cover songs, Sound of Silence by Disturbed, and Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Blue Blue Water Highway Band. And those were a lot easier to say than Luke District Gennoli. Which I think is a pasta as well. Or at least an Italian pastry. I, I have heard that Sound of Silence uh, Disturbed cover. The first time I heard it, I was on a bus to like uh, Brooklyn Park at like 11 o'clock at night, which is a, a very sketchy bus ride. Uh, oh, no. Uh, most notably because there were like three police cars uh, following us. <laughs> like just following the bus. It's probably uh, fine. Yeah, and then like, and then that song comes on, and I'm like, "This is a really good cover, but this is not the ideal time for this. This is like a, making me really sketched out psychologically." The, the first time I heard that song was um, I used to work at as youth director at, at a church up in Blaine, and I was driving up there Easter morning at like six, early six, six o'clock in the morning, to listening to like 93.7 or 93.3, and that song came on. I'm like, "Huh, weird." <laughs> just driving. Little, little more at ease with the song than you were on the sketchy bus for just Brooklyn Park. Yep. Well, we're going to talk about the Euro final and our 
our awesome predictions. If you want to know how you're going to die, we definitely do not know because <laughs> by our predictions, we can barely tell what's going to happen tomorrow with the weather app open. So who knows? Um, but this game ended uh, 1-1. After, after time, Italy threw on penalties with the, with the trophy. Um, early goal, though, from England. And you said, oh, England's got it. Yeah, they really looked like they were on the front foot. Uh, but uh, now in hindsight, you could say that Italy just got caught off guard in those first three minutes because mm-hmm. nobody predicted the goal, the goal, that the goal scorer was going to be Luke Shaw, first off. Um, that was a great, great assist. Why, why am I thinking? Uh, Kieran Trippier. Trippier. Yeah, that's sorry, Trippier, like, yeah, that was a really good ball from Trippier. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he did a lot of work on that, but Shaw made the run and, like, perfectly – with just enough power to put it into the left. Oh man, I, I think that was a beautiful goal. His uh, first goal ever for England, too. Which, <laughs> what a great time to do that in the Euro Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and Wembley Stadium erupted. Uh, they weren't at full capacity, but it, it definitely sounded like they were. God, like that place was crazy. I mean, they weren't supposed <laughs> to be, but they had a few thousand more people than they sold tickets. Do you hear about <laughs> yes. this? Yes. Yeah. Was people the, they, were like. Storming the turnstiles, getting through without tickets, and then opening up the disabled entrance for their friends. Mm-hmm. So people will just rush through who didn't yeah. have tickets. So the place was a goddamn madhouse. It was. Um, a lot of horrible things happened in the run London that day. Have you seen the picture of the guy, England fan with a flare up his ass? <laughs> and it's going no. up? I will send that to you. <laughs> okay. Because it's a real picture that I heard about on Football Weekly, and it's a it's a man, pants down around his ankles, flare fully up his ass, and going. And one of his mates just like caressing his left butt cheek. Just like, you got it, buddy. I believe in you. Uh, I remember right after the game ended, like an order went out that all bars had to be closed within the next hour or something. Because yeah. they were anticipating... I mean, the violence had already started. Yeah. Uh, Hooliganism so, turns yeah. its ugly head once again in England. Um F1 driver Lando Norris was at the game and was mugged, got his watch stolen. Um, lots of reports of just fans being a, a, just giant a-holes. Yeah, uh, at least four, 49 fans were arrested, and uh, who had, they were part of the group that had broken through into into Wembley. Um, and now the FA, FA is deciding what they're going to do as, uh, as punishment. Uh, I would think probably a couple of games behind closed doors yeah that's yeah that's something that's it's not fair in the players but you can't have exactly. fans behaving that way yeah and uh who could have predicted this in the long glorious history between uh england and, and italy that there might be hooliganism and violence but <laughs> <laughs> goes into halftime one yeah, yeah. nil italy kind of finds their way back before halftime then corner kick about 68 minutes left or left <laughs> so far in the game yeah and just England sends it to the mixer and who else but their their old stalwart old I mean he's probably what 67 at this point center back Leonardo Bonucci just on a scramble just throws just throws his body at it gets a foot on it gets past Pitford and a diving Harry Kane to equalize um, I mean, I thought it was well deserved, honestly. Yeah, it was. 
it was a good set piece. Also, it had, it had the second half had been Italy's. Uh, okay. Whatever, yeah, uh, Mancini had told them in the locker room, definitely lit a fire under the ass. They did make a change up front. Uh, Chiro Mobile was uh, subbed out for uh, Bellati, who's uh, Mobile was a lot pretty was pretty stagnant at the top. Bellati came deep, got the ball, and kind of facilitated play more often. And that really helped the wingers for Italy kind of just feast on the England defense. Um, subs. We should talk about substitutions because. Some of them were effective, like that Bellotti sub for Italy, but England taking, uh, putting on Saka, who did not have a great game, and it got worse at the end, but also putting on Grealish, who maybe a little too late, putting on Henderson and taking Henderson off at the end of extra time for uh, Rashford, and putting on Sancho also late. Yeah, I, I those... Think, yeah, go ahead. Those two, Rashford and Sancho, should have come on earlier, I think. They pretty much came on because he thought it was going to go to PKs, I think. Yeah, they came on like three minutes before the game ended to four penalty kicks. And we've seen this before when coaches think, oh, I'll sub on this guy. He's a great penalty taker with five minutes left. And then his first touch is the penalty, and they miss because he's not warmed up. He's not, you know, he might be thinking too much, not really into the game. And unfortunately, that's what happened with Rashford and Sancho. Yeah, I think their and, first touches were yeah. penalty kicks. And Sancho, who didn't play the entire tournament pretty much. Yeah. It was a lot of pressure to put on him. Um, uh, and Rashford's, you can see he takes a little bit of extra time for his windup, and then it goes too far left. Mm-hmm. You know, and it would have been such a good like he, I think he would have got it. It just been like inches over. Um, yeah, he's, he's a, lot, a lot of the penalty kicks that made it through were low mm. and also to the left from both sides. Um, yeah, Rashford's he he sent uh, Donnarumma the wrong way from her directly. So if it had, yeah. hadn't hit the post, it would have gone in. Yeah. Um, but he misses. Uh, Sancho misses. Then it's up to. Uh, Jordan Pickford to save on Jorginho, whose penalty kick got Italy to the final. Um, yeah. He, his name is Rashford, goes to that left-hand side low, and Pickford reads it all the way, saves it. Yep. And then Sock has to score to tie it. Yeah, and a lot of pressure on a 19-year-old. A lot of pressure on a 19-year-old. Yeah. Putting a 19-year-old in that situation. Mm-hmm. Putting in... Who, had it been good in early earlier games in the in the tournament, but just wasn't, just didn't have it that game. So, yeah. like, where's where's Sterling? Where's Grealish? Yeah. Where's Calvin Phillips? Where are those guys? Oh, where's Luke Shaw or Tyrion Trippier? Where are those guys who can, who are veterans on this team? Well, not Phillips, but those guys who can. Who have maybe a little more steel, maybe a little more experience in these situations, who can take that deciding penalty? Where yeah, were they? I, exactly. Um, we also didn't have any Daniel James. Uh, well, you know, Daniel James is Welsh. Who am I thinking of? Uh, who are you thinking of? 
So, uh, Reese James. Reese wow. James. Yeah, yes. Sorry, yeah. Reese James. Who very different I think, people. Yes, he would have made a big difference. I think on the pitch, and also I think he he would have been a capable penalty kick taker. Yeah. Probably over. I would have taken him over Sancho. I don't think Sancho is a bad taker, but like you said, like when he's that late in the game, his ball had power, but it had too much height. And uh, yeah, when when you go for like the middle height of the net, it's easier for a keeper to like extend, mm-hmm. uh, especially a lanky keeper like Italy's, and he was able to save that. And again, he he uh, he hadn't played all tournaments pretty much, mm-hmm. so he was hadn't played a game in what three weeks, four weeks. Mm-hmm. So to put him in the situation, all right, you'll play for two minutes and you have to score a penalty. It's a lot of pressure, and he's what twenty, like yep. And we understand these guys are all professionals, but. To put them in that situation just seems like setting them up for failure. Yeah. Honestly. And uh, Donnarumma had probably one of the coldest celebrations after he saved it. Um, he just kind of stood there, just not reacting, just like, yeah, I did it. Because he did not know that they had won. He thought there was one more round. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, is yeah. so great. So, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that cool. I just... Didn't realize we had won. <laughs> <laughs> All goalkeeper is not not known for their intelligence. <laughs> There's a video of uh, Jordan Pickford like walking to the line. We have to say for Jorginho is talking to himself, going, "No problem, no problem," and then like putting the bottle down and then getting on the line. And apparently, it was no problem because he saved it. It worked. <laughs> but. So Italy, I think we can say deserved winners of the Euro, uh, at least the final and also this tournament. They've been spectacular. Um, yeah, I think deserved winners. We should have talked about uh, what happened after the game, though. Um, not just fan violence from England fans, mm-hmm. a lot of racial abuse uh, sent towards the three players who missed, Mar- Marcus Rashford, uh, Jadon Sancho, and uh, Bataille Saka, who are all young black men in the UK. Um, it's unacceptable. It's not right. It's these 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 young men have done more for their communities than the people who are sending them racist abuse ever will. Um, I mean, just look at like Jane Santos building courts and and pitches, and Mark Rashford had is feeding literally feeding uh, kids across the country because the government won't do it. And Saka is also like raising money for those who are less fortunate. And we we love soccer here. We love football, but football is just a fucking game. Yeah. As much as that one, uh, Danny Rojas says football is life. Football is a part of life. These people are human beings, and they don't deserve the racial vitriol that they got all across social media. That alone should ban England fans for. I don't know, entire World Cup cycle. It's unacceptable. Yeah. And they've gotten a lot of support from people as well, their, their respective teams, their teammates. Um, there was a there's a Marcus Rashford uh, mural in Manchester that was defaced, and it was covered with a bunch of positive notes from the community um, backing him. And then I think eventually it was uh, restored by a local artist. Um, yeah, they they deserve. They don't deserve that. They deserve to be happy and not worry about 
a mistake on the field causing people to call them horrible, horrible things. Yeah. It's despicable that racists use football as the impetus for their hate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those players were part of the team. They helped them get there. You know, don't single them out because of missed PKs. Um, I could just as easily... Well, I shouldn't say this, but like, you could dislike a player like Jorginho because he plays for an English club and he scored against your country. Or he, but he actually he actually missed, but he helped. Sorry, he helped Italy beat you. But instead of going for that angle, disliking a player because they of their because of their opponent, they dislike him because of their color. Yeah, there was a someone on Twitter I saw. I don't know if it was a journalist or, but basically, when they play well, they're English. When they don't, they're immigrants. Yeah. And that's not the mentality that is acceptable in the world today. No. Um, there's not a great transition here, but we should move on to our predictions for the tournament because, yeah. God, were they bad. <laughs> uh, they were really bad. Um, so, real quick, for the winners, you had Spain yep. and I had France. Spain mm-hmm. actually, you know, made it to the final four, so did Pinania there. <laughs> did Spain beat France? Am I remembering that right? Or did, it's been such a goddamn no. Dent, no, Switzerland beats France. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Golden Boots. You had Diogo Jota. Yep. I had Kylian Mbappe. Um, at least your guy scored. So <laughs> yeah, Mbappe had zero goals. I think Jota had at least two. No, uh, he he got one and he, one assist. Okay. Uh, was, Mbappe got one assist as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, golden ball which is best players best player of the tournament you had Yuri Tielemans yep. I had Ndolo Tante not great either way I think Yuri Tielemans probably edges and Tante out there too just because no. Belgium made it farther uh, overall ranking according to Fatma put Tante higher with <sighs> 7.59 ranking 24th overall so oh, got a top yeah. 25 Yuri Tielemans 7.14 84th overall, so not as impressive as either of us would have liked. Don't call it a comeback. All right. yeah. Golden Glove, best goalkeeper, you had Rui Patricio. I had uh, Courtois. I think Courtois beat Patricio, so yep. boom. Yep. Uh, Dark Horse, you had Sweden. Yep. I had Ukraine. Yep. Ukraine beat Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny how those two worked out. <laughs> But they they both made the knockout rounds, which yes. I don't think weren't expected. So I think we both were pretty good with our dark horse picks. Mm-hmm. We one of us should have picked Denmark because they were the <laughs> they were the true, yeah, yeah, they were true. If only we had picked uh, yeah Czech Republic and Denmark, if only we had known. Uh, but that's the beauty of these tournaments is that uh, the things you did not expect, including Patrick Schick getting five goals, happen. Like nobody predicted that. I don't care if you're like the deepest analyst at ESPN. Like you didn't know Patrick Schick was going to be. Five goals deep in this tournament. I mean, they had Stephen A. Smith uh, as an analyst. He doesn't. He didn't know Patrick Schick was a person. Is that made those razors? The Schick razors? Is that that guy? God, what a clown! Yeah. Anyway, underperforming. You had Germany. I had the Netherlands. I think we can both say we were right there. Yes. Both uh, teams probably expected to be in the final four. Both teams not that well before. Yeah. Um, I think Netherlands underperformed better. Oh, underperformed, <laughs> underperformed more, seeing as they barely beat Ukraine uh, in their in their first open. It was the opening game. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that game that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was. 
Whereas Germany, even though they lost 1-0 to France with an own goal from Hummels, they came back and beat Portugal. So That game was also a lot of fun. <laughs> that was, yeah. So we asked our patrons what their favorite player of the tournament was. We asked that on our Slack channel, uh, patreon.com slash fans. $3 a month to access to our Slack channel. Um, Chris says uh, Chiesa for Italy. Hard to argue with that. He was... Every goal he scored was like super important. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yeah. Uh, Joey says Joey Joe. Well, his, his name on here is Joe Nuts. I want to say Joey Nuts. Hey, what you what you doing? Ah, uh? and then he said Lukaku. Yes, I love love the Belgian love. He had a good tournament. He scored three important goals. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the most important one being the first one against Russia and just the racist crowd. Just like yes, yep. I'm better than you. And I'm black, and then like just like middle fingers, like ah, fuck you. He didn't do that, but I would have. And then my dad said, <laughs> "Gorn Pandev, aka Dairy," which is a little inside joke from our uh, Basingstoke Town interview, where they couldn't, where the three guys from Basingstoke couldn't name a an MLS player. So I was like, "There's got to be a Dairy somewhere." So, <laughs> um, Gorn Pandev, um. 37 years old in his last tournament, his last appearances for North Macedonia, scored their first goal of, a, of their first ever major tournament and was at that point the oldest and the youngest North Macedonian player to score in a major tournament. Unfortunately, Alioski scored later to be, become the youngest, but Goran Pandev is still the first and still the oldest. So, who was your player, player of the tournament? Ooh. <sighs> Do you want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. still thinking. My, yeah. my player of the tournament is Raheem Sterling. For me. Good choice. Wasn't People were like, why is he even on the team? Because to be fair to that take, he didn't have a great end of the season. The past few months of the Man City weren't really that good. Missing sitters, wasn't playing well. But he comes on. He starts. He scores their only goal against, I think, Croatia. He scores the... Game winner, I think, against Czech Republic. He's, he had three goals, and people thought he shouldn't have even been playing. Two of those were game winners. Two of those got them out of the group stages. He has a tattoo of himself as a little boy outside of Wembley. So I think him proving himself and proving that he could do it on the big stage at Wembley, too, for some of those games was huge. Uh, I'm going to go with Thor, the Thorgan Hazard. Um, (laughs) He was really good. He was. They got past Portugal. He scored two goals, including one in that game. It's... He has climbed out of the shadow of his older brother. And uh, a lot of... There was a lot of Belgian players who had good good tournaments, uh, including including Kevin De Bruyne and Lukaku. Uh, But Thorgan Hazard looked great on the wing. He, He played almost every game, so... I'll give it to him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Overall, really fun tournament, honestly. <laughs> yes, yes. Really, really exciting. Uh, usually when you did the knockout stages, the games kind of drag down. But, I mean, Switzerland taking out France and Netherlands losing to Czech Republic. Like, those games were just so much fun to watch. And then yeah. the and Germany... Austria almost beat it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Austria, they had a great run. England finally exercising their demons against Germany and beating them in a knockout game. 
Yep. Just all around great tournaments, and I'm glad they got it done. I'm really glad that <laughs> Tristan Erickson is still with us. Yes. Um. Yeah. Overall, eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to our pod question, and we'll do a little preview of Sunday's game. Pod question from Joe. We've taken one point from Seattle when we played them at Allianz in 2019. Pretty much every other game against them has been soul-crushing. His words, but I agree with him. Uh, is there any chance the Loons win on Sunday, or am I going to end up as a sad shell of a human being for the foreseeable future? I am really sorry, Joe, the latter. Your only solace in this is that we are very bad at predictions, as you just heard. <laughs> so I don't think we're gonna, Minnesota's going to do well this Sunday. I think it's going to be pretty dire. Seattle hasn't lost since the MLS Cup last year to Columbus. They're really good. They're really fun yeah. to watch. They play really exciting football, soccer. Sorry. It's going to be rough. But if you're also telling us is that uh, anything can happen in football. And if a tournament can happen where uh, Denmark loses its key player in game one and then makes it to the quarterfinals... And also a tournament where Mbappe doesn't score any goals somehow. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to be the the un- unrealistic idealist right now. Uh, Minnesota ends this ends the streak. Uh, to do that though, it I think we have to have a fabulous defense, which we don't have right now. Like <laughs> the, when we got that two two draw, like we had primo defense. If you remember in 2019, uh, we had Vito Manono, we had Icopara, we had the like great lineup. Uh, I don't think we have it right now. Um, no. Um, Michael Boxall yeah. still out. Um, mm-hmm. Just came out recently that he will not be going to Tokyo um, due to his injury, which is just really sucks for him. Hopefully he can get that, uh, to rehab that better, rehab that and come back stronger and actually show up our defense. Because, I mean, right now our starting center bats are probably Coleman and Rydala. And Rui Diaz just heard that somewhere and just started just licking his lips. He just wants, <laughs> he's just can't wait to just tear apart our defense. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be rough. But it's going to be the first time I'll be there since 2019. So I'm going to have a lot of fun no matter what. Yeah. I'm probably going to lose my voice, but who cares? Yeah. There is a chance for it to be a high-scoring game and a draw. Like, Seattle has been showing more and more cracks defensively with each week. We have good strikers now who were hot for a second kind of null the last two games if they can be hot again at home in front of a, a full, like sold out crowd we could have another like back in 2019 a 2-2 draw a 3-3 game even um but i think when you're hoping for a draw it's very likely that we're gonna lose <laughs> and on that note um we'll be out next week with um the if we're uh, covering that uh the game on Sunday, and also the most action from this, the weekend. We'll go over some more tra- some transfer news from around the world next week. We just want to do a little mini one, just covering the Euros, and also talking about cover songs. So, Sasha, where, where can the good people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Alexander Sourceloth on Instagram. I'm at Real Caleb FC on Twitter at Caleb Wilson seven one six on Instagram. Uh, TWO United fans uh, across all platforms. Except for Facebook, fuck Facebook, Zuckerberg is a fascist. And, oh, special thanks to Tectonics. 
use of their song Lustless as our theme music. You can find them on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and Facebook, probably YouTube as well. Uh, thanks to our lead commissioner tier. Uh, so thanks to Eric Olson. Uh, for $20 a month, you can be thanked in the very every episode. That's patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. And I think that's about it. Have fun camping. And with that, shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest of the